Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It never is. I never do that to you guys. 30 minutes every day, Monday through Friday, giving you the football content that you need. And it's a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings. That means Greg Cosell is in the house, the civilian GOAT, greatest of all time from NFL Films, the NFL matchup show on ESPN. By the way, already tomorrow we'll be giving away three more winners. A spread the word winner. We're looking for a few good quote tweeters. Sponsor confirmation email winner. Good sponsors this week. FitBod, Masterworks, love it. And then the YouTube shout-out. Just love those of you that go to YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Hit the subscribe button and then reply uh, with any type of comment. Speaking of that, I'm giving away the last two Madden codes today. I'm just kind of over it. I want to get, get rid of all of them. So make sure you're following me on social media at Ross Tucker NFL to find out how to get the uh, one of these final two Madden codes. Would love, obviously, to give it to a listener. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg. A lot to talk about, as always. Bunch of really critical games again this week. But I do want to start uh, with uh, a sad story. I'll actually be in Pittsburgh Saturday night, Christmas Eve. For the Raiders and the Steelers, they are retiring Franco Harris's jersey that night. It'll be the third Steeler ever to have his jersey retired. And I guess suddenly, uh, I don't have any more information than that, but uh, passed away yesterday, Greg, at age 72. Uh, just curious, obviously, I know you've watched him a bunch. I don't know if you've ever had interaction with him, but just any thoughts you can share about Franco Harris, the the player or the person would be appreciated. Yeah, I I don't recall ever meeting Franco Harris, Ross, so I really can't speak to him as a person, although he is from South Jersey. He went to, went to Rancocas Valley High School, which is not far from where I'm sitting right now at NFL Films. Um, you know, he was in a different era of football. It's interesting. He, he was part of a Steelers team that sort of made a transition. You know, those early, those first two Super Bowls were built on the run game. 
And then they kind of made the transition with Terry Bradshaw as he developed into a Hall of Fame player, into a passing team with Stallworth and Swan. And Harris was obviously still great. But that's what I remember. I started working at NFL Films in 1979. So it was kind of at the end of the Steelers uh, dynasty run. Uh, so I, I don't have memories of it other than watching as a fan when I was, you know, in, in high school and college, uh, but not memories necessarily from actually seeing tape of it. Um, but, you know, it was just that was, as you certainly know, that was a different era of football where backs were really considered foundational pieces of offense. You started every team thought that you started your offense with the run game because everybody wanted to be like Vince Lombardi's Packers uh, in the 60s, and that was the way the NFL saw offense up to a certain point where the game kind of changed. But um, that that's the way – I mean, look, you look back and how many backs were taken, number one, number two, number three in drafts back then. I think was it the, was it 1980 when George Rogers was the first pick in the draft? I mean, it was just a different way that teams played. It's really interesting to think about how much the game has evolved. And also really interesting, I never heard anybody describe it that way, that the first two Steelers championships were really built around the run game. And then they were. The, the next two, more the passing game. It, You know, it's funny, um, Greg, I've never watched it. Their defense is pretty good too, Ross. Their defense yeah, is pretty yeah, good exactly. too. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was born in 79. So I've never watched like really any of those games. It's unbelievable how much NFL films I have seen over the years of the Steelers in the seventies, like Lynn Swan making those catches in the Super Bowl, I, I like literally feels like thousands of times, Greg. Yep. Well, it's funny just before we move on taking nothing away from Lynn Swan, who was obviously great. He's in the hall of fame, but I look at someone like John Stallworth, who was about six, one, six, two, really smooth, really fluid that if he played today that, with his style, that we'd be talking about him as one of the greatest receivers ever to play the game because he's just, he was, I loved watching John Stallworth. And again, watching him as a fan because I was not working at films, but then of course being here now, this is my 43rd season at NFL films. You know, I've seen highlights numerous times, obviously. And I just thought John Stallworth was so much fun to watch. Let's get to some of the games this weekend, Greg. Let's start with tonight. I love when there's a good yeah. Thursday night game. I love when I'm excited to watch the Thursday night game. It's Zach Wilson and the Jets against Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. Blank canvas, Greg, as I like to do. Your thoughts going into this one? Well, we've discussed Trevor Lawrence numerous times over the last number of weeks, and he's continuing to play well. I would imagine most people want want to hear more about Zach Wilson at this point after coming back and starting that game. And of course he's starting this evening. Um, I think you saw the light athletic feet. You saw the live loose arm with the easy ability to throw the ball on the move. I think everybody knows he's a talented guy. Um, You know, I think when you watch every single throw, you see a quarterback that is, there's too many throws in which he was late too many throws in which ball placement was poor and he must become quicker mentally and more precise with his throws. Um, when I study him, I see a quarterback that does not have the needed sync between his lower body and upper body, too many throws across his body. Now this was his first start in a number of weeks, but I came away from the tape thinking probably just what everybody thinks, boy, this guy's really talented and that's why he was the number two pick in a draft, but he still has a ways to go. Um, and, you know, you almost wish that what you saw in this game 
was where he would have been last year after four or five starts. Interesting. That's interesting. Um, <clears throat> that's it, because obviously people are very curious. He had some good stats, but then there are also some throws. Almost feels like he's more comfortable when he's not in the pocket. Yeah, and 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 again, then you get into that discussion about those second reaction movement plays and what is the value we ascribe to them versus the ability to make the routine easy throws. He will make he will make special second reaction plays. The the question is, can he make enough Ross of the routine throws? Uh, because at some point, you know, you got to make those throws. You, you can't live off uh, improvisational football. Well, it was Salah that said a couple of weeks ago when he was asked about Mike White, he said he makes the easy look easy. Yes. Which we know what he's uh, – you know what he's referring to there. Of course. Um, you referenced Trevor Lawrence, Greg. I mean, I guess I'm excited to watch him tonight. I, I guess I'm just excited that it seems like – he's going to be or has a chance to be what, you know, we thought he might be in high school and college. Right. No, and he's, um, he's clearly playing much better football over the last month. Um, you know, he's very, he's much more decisive. That's um, what I was going to say. He, he gets rid of the ball quicker. Yeah, without question. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny because they, they just played the Cowboys, obviously, and the Cowboys have a really good pass rush. They're second in the league in sacks behind the Eagles. And I thought two things stood out to me in that game. I thought the Jaguars' O-line did an excellent job in pass pro overall, but Lawrence helped. He got the ball out consistently within the timing and structure of the route, uh, the route concepts, and he was decisive, as he has been over the last month. And, and everything he's doing now is quicker. Not too fast. You know, he's not playing frenetically, but everything is quicker. And we've spoken about that, you know, over the last month or so. And he, he's clearly more comfortable on the offense. And I think the offense is is really presenting defined reads and throws for him so that he can feel more comfortable. Let's talk Giants-Vikings, uh, yep. Greg. A couple of teams that are in great position to make the playoffs um, – Two interesting games last week with that comeback by the Vikings as well as the Giants. Not a lot of people had thought they'd go into Washington and get that game one Sunday night, Greg, but they did. Thibodeau really is a guy that impressed me in that one. What jumps out to you about Vikings and Giants? Well, I think to me what stood out was the Giants have to play a certain way on offense because – Obviously, they do not have a lot of quality at the receiver position. And we can debate Daniel Jones. I'm sure a lot of people do. But the bottom line point is they are not going to ask him to drop back 35, 40 times by choice. You're not going to see a lot of of intermediate and vertical passing game throws. Um, Jones only has 21 completions of 20-plus yards, which is the fewest of any quarterback who has started every game. So they don't really have any kind of explosive element to their passing game. So what does that mean? It means they play a lot of close games. So it means the running game has to be a factor, particularly in the second half. And that's where they've been very erratic. This was a game where the running game was a factor, and that's why they were able to win. They got the ball with 6.06 remaining in the fourth quarter, you know, and they had a five-point lead, okay? Three plays in a row. Barkley trap play 12 yards, Barkley inside zone 15 yards, Barkley inside zone 14 yards. 
You know, that's the way they have to play in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter. The first time they played the Commanders, they had a lead as well late in the third quarter and could not run the ball at all. So they need to be able to run the ball in the second half of games because their defense is solid. Uh, Games are going to be close for the most part. And that's going to be a critical, critical element as they keep playing these games. Let's talk, in, uh, Greg, about the Seahawks and the Chiefs. Doesn't feel like either one of these teams really playing as well as they were earlier in the year. You know, I would say that the Chiefs are playing well. They just look different, Ross, because what they've done over the last four or five weeks is they've evolved into a team that plays with a high percentage of multiple tight end personnel sets, two tight ends, three tight ends. And their pass game is not quote unquote explosive. So you don't see the highlights and go, wow, look at this pass game. Um, But, you know, this past week, Mahomes was 36 for 41. That's pretty good. Um, And they, they rank really highly in a ton of offensive categories. It just looks different. It's less explosive. His longest completion this past week was 21 yards. But Mahomes is playing at a really high level. He's efficient. The ball comes out. He can still make those special plays, obviously. Uh, They use the tight ends. And one player who I think is absolutely worth talking about is the way over the last month they've used Jarek McKinnon. I mean, Jarek McKinnon has now become a critical piece in this offense. This past week, he played 62% of the offensive snaps. And he's played a lot of offensive snaps over the last month, two months. So, He's become a a big factor in their offense. I mean, he had 10 carries this week, eight targets, eight receptions in the pass game. So, again, it's different, but they're actually playing well on offense. You know, that's amazing, 36 of 41 for Mahomes, and they went to overtime, isn't it? It is. I mean, you would think, like, overtime with the Texans, 36 of 41, you would think that that game was not close. Right. And as I said, the longest completion was 21 yards. So you're not seeing those big explosive plays, but the offense is efficient. Um, They've had injuries at wide receiver. They've had a little bit of a revolving door at wide receiver. So, you know, Mahomes has played and and so has Andy Reid played to what they have. That's why they're playing more tight ends. And Mahomes has been really good. Bengals and the Patriots. Kind of curious as to what you're seeing from both these teams. Yeah, the, the Patriots offensively are week to week. They're they're um you know, I think they're a team that needs to run the ball well. Uh I, I'm struggling what to make of their passing game. Uh so I, I, I don't really know what to say about that other than it's it's inconsistent. I it's it's a week to week deal. I just I, you know, some weeks I feel like, hey, Mac Jones is really looking like Mac Jones. Efficient, ball's coming out, that's his game. You know, he's obviously not going to make a ton of second reaction plays. He's not a strong-armed guy. So you're not going to see throws where you go, oh, my God, look at that throw. So he has to be efficient. He has to be precise. Sometimes you see that, sometimes you don't. And, again, there's a lot more to it than that, obviously. Um, it's not all his fault. But, you know, their, their pass game is is week to week. The Bengals, you know, I got to tell you, I, and we may have talked about this before, but I am really more intrigued about their defense. We know about their offense. Burrow's terrific. They've got three really good wideouts. Um, you know, we know about that. I think that Lou Anaramo just does not get enough credit. Look, last week, it, it all, almost reminded me of the AFC Championship game a year ago. First half, Tom Brady against them is 17 for 23 for 194. 
Second half, he comes out, makes some adjustments. Um, you see more three-man pressures. You see more coverage. You see multiple blitz schemes. You see, I mean, you see a mix of a lot of different things. And all of a sudden, just like in that AFC championship game last year against Mahomes, all of a sudden the Bucks passing game kind of gets shut down. So, you know, I think that that he's doing a really, really good job. He's very opponent-specific. He adjusts well within the context of games. Uh, and I know Hubbard is out now for a while, but they've got pretty good players. They just don't have one guy who you say, wow, that guy's a superstar. But I think they've got good players at all three levels. They do. Yeah, they have a lot. Of, like, Reader's good. Hendrickson's yep. good. Logan Wilson's good. Um, Bates is good. None of them are, like, considered elite or get talked about or get a lot of attention, but you're right. Um, this game's getting a lot of attention for a lot of different reasons. It's the Eagles yeah, and the Cowboys. And curious, you know, what you're thinking about this one. Obviously, I think a lot of people believe it'll be Gardner Minshew and not Jalen Hurts. A lot of conversation in Philadelphia if they ran with Hurts too much in Dallas. A lot of people seem to be down on Dak. I don't know. I mean, that last interception certainly wasn't his fault. They scored a no. lot of points. Um, you know, obviously, if Minshew plays, the Eagles' offense will look different because all the run game elements that Hurts is a major part of, which puts tremendous stress and challenge on defenses, will not be there. So the run game would have to be a little more conventional, which they're very capable of doing. They've got a terrific offensive line that can move people. You know, one of the things I was I was looking at this hard this week, the Eagles far and away have the most third down sacks in the NFL. OK, and they lead the league in sacks, but far and away, they have the most third down sacks or 30 of their 56 sacks have come on third down. That is a very, very high number. Hassan Reddick, nine of his 12 sacks have come on third down. Think about that for a minute. Um, and Dak is essentially at this point a pocket quarterback. Now, we saw last week that the Cowboys did not want to move the rookie Tyler Smith from left tackle where he's played all year. So Tyron Smith came back and he played right tackle. And actually, he rotated with Jason Peters, who played 21 snaps at right tackle. So I don't know what they plan on doing this week. Um, But, you know, the Cowboys have been scoring points. Uh, You know, you couldn't make the argument that the Cowboys really just have one quality wideout at this point. Gallup has not returned to what he was before all his injuries. They're playing Brown, who's, you know, a nice player, but, you know, he's certainly not a guy you worry about from a defensive game planning standpoint. Their run game is solid. They have, you know, two backs, although Pollard clearly has more juice than Elliott when you put the tape on. Um, So this is not a team that has a lot of offensive firepower, and they do score a lot of points. Uh, So, you know, Dak is, I think Dak's played solid football. You know, again, you get down to what is a guy being asked to do and, you know, they run the ball pretty effectively, but they don't have a lot in terms of weapons on the perimeter. You know, I, I didn't realize 30 of 56 on third downs a high percentage. I guess in my head, I would think more than half of most team sacks would be on third down, right? And That's that might be true. More likely to pass it. That might be true, but the next closest team has 21. So, you know, the Eagles are really good on third down. They've been started to increase the their use of stunts over the last month or so because they were pretty much a straight rush team for a good part of the season. And now they've started to expand how they pressure the quarterback. They're not a high-percentage blitz team. They have 56 sacks, Ross, 
All 53 of those 56 have come from defensive linemen. Only three have come from a linebacker or a safety, two by TJ Edwards and one by Gardner Johnson. 53 have come from defensive linemen. Wow. What about the Packers and the Dolphins? That's the best of the three games on Christmas Day. And I saw the Packers Monday night. I think they're starting to feel a little bit better about where they're at. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs this year. Meanwhile, the Dolphins have lost three in a row. Yeah, although I thought uh, Tua played well against Buffalo. I I watched that tape. Um, You know, obviously there was a lot of talk because he was in Buffalo and the weather wasn't great. Even before it snowed, it was cold. I thought he played well. Um, You know, and the Bills were aggressive with pressure throughout the game, both zone and man pressure concepts, and Tua handled that very well, as did the entire offense. Um, You know, and I think the run game started to show up a little bit, and I think they would like to be able to do that. Um, As far as the Packers, they're a different offense to watch now. Isn't it interesting to watch the Packers? This is not just Aaron Rodgers. You know, in fact, they don't throw it as much as they used to at all. They're really kind of a running football team. The pass game is is I don't want to say it's it's erratic. That's not the right word, but it's it's not Aaron Rodgers dropping back, you know, throwing it all over the yard. That's not the way they, they're playing offense right now. Um, and they got Dobbs back this week and he was a factor. Obviously, Watson can be a factor because of his verticality and his explosive playability. But they're they're kind of a more complete multidimensional offense that is not solely relying on Aaron Rodgers just to make plays. Check him out on social media. He's the man at Greg Cosell. That way, you know everything that he's up to always, including joining us every Thursday here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Thank you, Greg. Happy holidays. Same to you, Ross. Appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate diversity. I appreciate a diversified portfolio. I appreciate masterworks. Look, Uh, Everybody knows, well, not everybody knows, but if you invest money, you kind of know what the market's been like recently. You know what they're predicting. You know all that stuff. Do you know that Masterworks actually gained value the last time inflation caused this much damage? One of only three things to do so. Because Masterworks lets you invest in fine art from legends like Picasso and Banksy. They break it into shares. Their last three sales, 13, 17, 21, 33% net returns to investors. Pretty good. At masterworks.com, use promo code ROSS. You'll get priority access into these funds. That's promo code ROSS at masterworks.com for priority access See important regulation A disclosures at masterworks.com slash CD. Tuck's Takes. Good morning, Ross. We'll start with, there was a lot of conversation around the NFL yesterday around the tragic loss of Franco Harris. Do you have any other thoughts on that? Well, I don't think I told this story yesterday because I didn't think of it while we were recording the show when we found out the news about Franco Harris. But I had one interaction with him. His son actually was my year. It was a classmate of mine at Princeton. His son's name is Doc, D-O-K. And I think Franco Harris, freshman year, I want to say, um, was on campus. Might have been parents weekend or something. I don't know. I might have had um, a few daddy sodas that night. 
and I saw him uh, across the way, and I yelled, uh, hey, Franco, did you really catch that pass? It's so funny because you think about, like, how often that's probably happened in his life. Like, how often – I saw where my buddy Kyle Brandt was talking about a story where he saw him on campus and was just, like, nicely asking questions. I wasn't nicely asking questions. I, like, yelled from 50 feet away, did you look at – and he's like, I don't know. You know, like that. Because he always kept the sort of the the ruse on as to whether or not it was a catch or not. So that's my only uh, Franco Harris story. I don't think I met him. Any other time, I might have, but I don't believe so. Um, but just trying to share a story. He was, he laughed when I asked it um, across the courtyard or whatever it is on campus. Tuck Stakes. Some other sad news. Broncos Super Bowl running back Ronnie Hillman passed away at the age of 31 after a battle of cancer. That just stinks. 31. So young. Uh, just. Obviously, I think about people's families when that happens. You just think about how tough that must be for all of his close people, family, friends, loved ones. Awful. Tuck Stakes. The Pro Bowl rosters came out last night. Do you have any thoughts on those? I don't really care that much about the rosters themselves or snubs or whatever. Um, I'm sure there's other shows that dive into that. I do, though, want to comment on a video I saw last night of the Commanders. And look, they they need stuff like this. They need some positive publicity. I watched it two or three times. Watched it twice with my daughters. You know, Ron Rivera, the Commanders head coach, who's a gem of a guy, tells... Jonathan Allen, he made the Pro Bowl, and he's like, yeah, I kind of figured. Tells Terry McLaurin, and Terry McLaurin's like, oh, that's dope. And then tells Tressway, and Tressway's like, awesome. <clears throat> and then he tells Tressway that Jeremy Reeves made it. And if you check my social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, Jeremy Reeves is a 2018 undrafted free agent who's been on and off the practice squad really for four years, 18 19, 20, 21, cut about a zillion times. And this year he's on the roster. This year he's playing his butt off on special teams. And he made the Pro Bowl as a special teamer. And when Ron Rivera told him, he uh, he broke down. And I think that really resonates with everybody, but especially people that, know how hard it is to get to that level, know how hard it is to battle to stay at that level, and know how hard it is the path is as like an undrafted guy. That really that really got me in my feels, as they say. That really hit home. Tuck Stakes. Some quarterback news, a lot of quarterback news, actually. Nick Foles will start for the Colts instead of Matt Ryan. Trace McSorley will start for the Cardinals with Colt McCoy still out. And the Titans signed quarterback Josh Dobbs off the Lions practice squad, which doesn't bode well for Ryan Tannehill. No, it doesn't. Um, Bunch of things here. Matt Ryan, I mean, he's like top seven, top eight in yards and touchdowns and all of these stats. Got benched twice in the same season. Once for Sam Ellinger. Once for Nick Foles. 
It's rough, bro. That's a rough way for Matt Ryan to go out. I don't really feel bad for him. You know, he's had a lot of success, made a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. Still just, I'm sure not how he envisioned it ending. But the reality is, it doesn't end well for most people, right? Like, how many guys does it end where they're like really playing well and they have a great season or they win the Super Bowl? That is like few and far between. I'm excited for Trace McSorley getting his first start, first start against Tom Brady. He'll remember that forever. You know, they can never take away that you start an NFL game. I'll never forget my first start against the Colts in 2002. And I just thought, first of all, I thought I better play well. It would be my only start ever. But secondly, speaking of like the Jeremy Reeves video, Jack, when I was in the tunnel at um, Lucas Oil Stadium, no, the RCA Dome, and they said at left guard in his second year from Princeton, Ross Tucker, and I ran out. Gosh, that was like, you know, you're only 23. I was only 23, so it's not like I was that old, but that was the culmination of a whole lot of work and a whole lot of people that helped me get there. As for Josh Dobbs, there's some reports out there they don't think Tannehill will play again this season, which that makes it even tougher for the Titans to win that division. Tuck Stakes. Lastly, we got a big game tonight. Playoff implications. Jets and the Jags. Who do you like and why? Well, I like the fact that I'll be sitting in my house, in my basement, which I love, with a cold Labatt blue light watching the game tonight. No better way to watch Thursday night football than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt blue light in my hand and yours. Stock up. It's the holidays, baby. I'll be taking, I think, a 30-pack of Labatt Blue Light to my brother-in-law's tomorrow. Shout out Christian Lamana. Share a Labatt on uh, on December 23rd with him. Doing Celebrating with my sister's family tomorrow because I'm working on Christmas Eve. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer. It's delicious. Labatt USA. Buffalo, New York. As for the game, Jack, um, <clears throat> I like the Jags. You know, we all heard... Greg Cosell talk about Zach Wilson right there. Last I checked, by the way, the Jags were one and a half point underdogs, which, by the way, makes them an excellent teaser leg on DraftKings. Wow, it's up to plus two. A lot of money coming in on the Jets, that means. Um, I like the Jags plus two. I like the Jags as a teaser leg. Unfortunately, that's not what the – not what the spread was when we recorded Even Money podcast. But, you know, I think it's going to be a good game. I guess I it's really simple. I have more faith in Trevor Lawrence than I do in Zach Wilson. I think the Jets overall probably better team than the Jags are. But quarterback's pretty important. Trevor Lawrence, pretty good. Zach Wilson, not so sure. Shoutouts. How about myfrontpagestory.com? I mean, come on. You still got a couple days left. Even if you don't get the story in time, if you haven't gotten somebody a gift, you can still order the story at myfrontpagestory.com and say, give them the receipt and say, I got a story written all about you. It's in the works. Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, 
backofficescheduler.com, Vision Comics with an X. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll have the Friday picks bright and early tomorrow morning. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.